It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hello again. We welcome into the pod Andrew Rabbit and his big league stash. <laughs> How we doing, man? Welcome in. Good. Thanks for having me. That is big league stash, by the way. Have you gotten a lot of comments on like social media and stuff about the stash at all? Um, a few, not a lot, but a not few. a lot. All oh, they're coming, they're I'm coming. Sh- I hope it's fun. <laughs> is the stash here to stay? Because you didn't. Did you have that in college? Uh, no, I didn't have it until senior year, and then it's just kind of been the thing since then. <laughs> so is it going to stay? Yeah, it's going to stay. So you have a girlfriend, right? I do. Is, she, is this girlfriend approved? Yeah, or? that's the only thing she'll let me grow. Really? Yeah. So she's the boss otherwise? Yep. Nice. She know your place. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in my little corner. <laughs> <laughs> How's this been, man? This is, uh, you, you live in the dream so far? I mean, you're what, five starts in, but uh, they've been record setting. I'll say that. How's it been? Uh, nothing short of just awesome. I think, uh, you know. Everybody on the team just being so welcoming and, yeah. you know, welcoming a rookie up to the here and, you know, just trying to go out and do my best. And, you know, whether it's a good performance or not, I'm going to give everything I got. Yeah, you were probably, I'm, I'm guessing at Virginia, you guys had a good group and, you know, college teams are pretty close. This is sort of like a college team. Do, is it, am I accurate there? Yeah, I would say that the atmosphere is very similar. You know, yeah. lighthearted, a lot of fun. Um just try to joke around and mess with guys. Um, a little bit older, I will say, than yeah. a college team, but the premise is still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the that has to be great because there's. I've been around some teams that tough on rookies, man. No matter how good you are, so to, to feel welcome right away, that has to be huge. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. You know, that's probably one thing that people most worry about is just how how are they gonna you know treat you? How are you know how's it gonna go? Yeah. And so ever since the first day, kind of just talking with them and you know seeing them in spring training was a good start uh, yeah. for us. But you know, just talking with them and they're just like, hey, just go do your thing. And you know, obviously we're gonna mess with you a little bit, but you know that's just kind of <laughs> that's just kind of how it is. And any any any. Uh, team there's really not any rookie hazing anymore uh it used to be <laughs> no. really it used to be bad man back in the day it used to be bad but you know they make you carry stuff i guess and uh, the music system mm-hmm. you guys probably have to carry around right is that about the yeah like speakers and we'll take booze on the bus yeah. that's pretty much it yeah what about the, the first wind uh the shower you got Those uh are... i was felt like i was drowning <laughs> <laughs> uh there's this, i mean it's it's it was fantastic. You know, it's one of those memories you won't forget because me, yeah. me and TJ, TJ got his first hit that night as well. So it was kind of like we were both in there. TJ together. Hopkins, yeah, yeah, TJ Hopkins. Um, so <laughs> it's not something I forget. It's something that you know took like three days to get rid of. Probably, <laughs> you know, I took like five or six showers within one day, and two like three days later, I still smelled like Listerine, like. 
whatever they used yeah. on us. For those that don't know, they take when you get your first big league win or your first big league hit, they take you into the shower so it's easy to clean up, and they just have some concoction of they hammer you with everything listerine i imagine there's alcohol there's beer there's you know there's probably things i don't even want to think about there's food products there's there's, uh different kinds of drinks from the like kitchen um i think i even had like a full thing of jello thrown at me um which i mean you know i didn't even see you know you don't even see it coming because you're like trying to guard your eyes and like trying to breathe because i mean they're right over top of you just just doing it right and like pouring it all on you. So, I mean, it was definitely fun. And, you know, with Ellie, when Ellie came up and he got his first hit, I got to partake in it. So it was kind of like, you know, it just kind of keeps the culture going. Yeah. That first night, uh, we were waiting for Ellie after the game to do interviews and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And then we realized, Oh, he got the shower. He's got the dread. So he's literally, he was in the shower for like 45 minutes. Yeah. He uh, he got he had a pretty I think it was pretty quick with him um, and then Bewell got one on the road I can't remember where it was uh, he his was pretty bad uh, me and TJ's was pretty bad um, I had to do family photos right after so <laughs> I a, you put a, your uniform yeah back on, right? I showered and put on the extra uni that I had in my my locker. You know, still smelling like whatever, and just went out there. And Did your family like, like, hey, dude, you smell like uh, you. Smell there's something funky around here. What? What? Did you not shower? My family honestly couldn't tell. I tried really? to spray a little cologne to cover it up a little bit. Um, but my agent was like, "Yeah, you probably just got the shower and you just came back out." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> now you're probably uh, sick of me talking about pops, um, but he was a big. He was such a big hit mm-hmm. um, when we interviewed him, and uh, we interviewed him again here in your last start. So. Has has he gotten any feedback from that at all? He actually, we were on the phone yesterday, um, trying to figure out tickets for another series coming up, and <laughs> he goes, and he told he's on the phone with me, and he said, uh, he's like, have you have you gone back and uh, listened to what I said on the on the uh, game? And I was like, no, I haven't, um, but I will eventually. And he was like, well, I, I asked, I was like, where? When do you think it was? He was like, probably second, third inning, maybe <laughs> when you got when you're pitching. And I was like, oh, so you probably have some good things to say. And he was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess they like hearing me talk, and I can do that all day. And, I mean, that just describes him to a T. Yeah, they did. And when we were in Baltimore, the TV crew, because we said, all right, I'm going to go interview Dad again. And he's everyone loves the accent, and his information is great, and he's a great talker. And people on the TV crew unsolicited were like, yeah, man, you ought to interview him every game. That was great. That was I, I could listen to that guy all day. He he wouldn't say no. Trust me. <laughs> well, I've this is from your debut. Let's see if this equipment works here. But this was from your debut. I'm in the stands. You have uh, pitched a couple of innings, I think, and uh, Pops had uh, this assessment. I think he's handling pretty well. Um, he's nibbling a little bit too much. I think he needs to concentrate on pitching to uh, contact instead of trying to nibble at the corners. Just, just settle down. He, he's, he'll do it. You'll see a different inning. You'll see a different inning next inning. And bam, the next inning, he was spot on. You were not nibbling, and so Pops knows best. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's. <laughs> he was a role model for me. He was my figure growing up. Still is. Um, you know, he's the first one that really got me started in baseball, yeah. and then it kind of just took off from there. So, you know, he, <laughs> I'm thinking in that interview, he admitted I was a crier too, which is, which when I was, uh, I'm so glad you reminded when, me. When I was younger, <laughs> I definitely was, you know, just 
sore loser. You know how kids can yeah. be when they're growing up. And then he, uh, I got to that age, he says, uh, that I don't listen to dad anymore. And he took me to my pitching coach, uh, Jeff Stevens at the time, and was like, hammer him mentally, just get on him and f- get his mind figured really? out. Yeah. And from that day forward, probably that changed the whole wow, so outcome. He told you to like, all right, you need to get over this. Uh, yeah. Uh, how did he put it? He was a cry. How can yeah, I cry? Yeah, there <laughs> you go. There's, there's, <laughs> I can do the accent if I want to, but I think Charlottesville kind of took a summer how, away from me. That's what I had asked you before. I'm like, all right, how do you not have dad's accent? You're from Virginia. You went to the University of Virginia, so it's obviously in your blood. How'd you get rid of Charlottesville got rid of it? Charlottesville probably did a little bit. Um, I've never... I mean, can, compared to a lot of people, I have a Southern accent, you know, but if you hear somebody from like Deep South or like my dad or somebody talk or my sister, Brittany, those, they're heavy. Like they yeah. will sit on top of you with their accent. Um, but there's some words that I say that it really comes out, like really pronounced. And then others I can kind of hide. Well, I could tell when, do that crier thing again. Crier. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, like I say fella a lot. Yeah. Like not fellow. Like fellow man, yeah. I don't say. I say now, fella. if you were to snap into this uh, this accent that your pops has, could you snap into it if you have to? Um, I'd have to be like just talking about something random, and then it, it will it'll kind of just kind of creep in, yeah. like toward the end. So, how long were you a crier? Um, I would say probably from the age of oh man, I would say nine to twelve, thirteen maybe around middle school and then i started going to jeff when i was in like seventh grade and then after that it was like it was like you put in the work you get the results if it's good or bad like move on yeah well you haven't had to deal with uh any crying yet uh, there's no <laughs> crying in baseball by the no, way no there's not league of their own but Great movie. yes uh but you haven't had to deal with much adversity yet at the big league level uh, yeah, game where you gave some solo home runs, but uh, it's been pretty good. So you do know that at some point you're going to get humbled, right? Yeah, and that's my motto. I've just always been a motto growing up was like, be humble or get humbled. So yeah. just try to take it in stride, you know, just go out and do my best if I can, you know, whether it's four innings, five, six, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty straight shooter. So, yeah. uh, you know, just going to try out and go do my best every single time I get the ball. And sometimes you got it and sometimes you don't. What has been, has anything surprised you? Like, uh, okay, this pitch actually works. This. Um, you know, I think the biggest addition was the slider or sweeper uh, for me from the Reds pitching and development staff last year. And, you know, it's had a lot of success up here, just swings and misses and, you know, soft contact and whatnot. Um, and then the changeup's coming around. It's still not where I want it to be, but it's getting more consistent, um, just Got to get the feeling. Got to get the repetitions down with it. Um, tough pitch. That's a tough pitch. To throw. Yeah, you know it's 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 a constant work. It's just it's like a nine to five here at the field. Um, but you know it's throwing program and everything working on it. It's it's possible to do, and it just takes time. Now, Danny Graves, former Red, going into the Hall of Fame here in uh, not long from now, Reds Hall of Fame, uh, covered you in college mm-hmm. a lot and talked about the invisible. Your <laughs> high fastball that he says you just hide it and they can't hit it now has this always been the case or is this something that has kind of developed uh i would say probably developed um i think it's got something to do with my mechanics throwing across your body kind of hide the ball a little bit and then it kind of just jumps on the hitter 
I didn't really hear the term invisible until senior year, which Danny might have been the first one to say it or yeah. somebody else. I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's always been a good pitch for me, and the Reds really kind of told me uh, last year in Chattanooga at the end of the season was like, when you come back next year, I want you pitching at just the top of the zone. Yeah. Like nothing at the that bottom. That is definitely the philosophy of Derek Johnson. Yeah, and uh, I think ever since kind of making that switch, I've had a lot of success. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear. Now, Luke Maley, he's caught all – as we record this, he's made five starts. I think you're starting again Sunday. Yep. So that'll be the day before this drops. No idea what's happening in that start. But Maley has caught all your starts so mm-hmm. far. That's pretty good uh, tandem you guys got going on. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a big help for me, for sure. Veteran leadership behind the plates, always, always like just a given talent. You know, great game calling, great, you know, just – practice of studying great you know blocking he's done everything really really well for me and kind of you know first few games calling me down with nerves taking like visits at the right time maybe when I'm struggling or something and you know talking to him when he's not playing or when I'm not pitching is easy going over like okay what do you see game planning kind of stuff like that um it's been great um I (laughs) I would say he's probably gonna catch me again if I just had to guess you know but we got three of them, so you know it's either Stevo, Casale, or or Luke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Luke's been great for me for the first five. So hopefully it continues. How's that wearing that number forty one been? What did you wear in college, by the way? Sixteen. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's available. Would it you want to go to that, um, or is that? I'm kind of a very very. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh man. I'm superstitious, really superstitious. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. There's uh, a lot. My dad kind of started that too. So if you really? ever want to ask him about it, really, yeah, he's very superstitious. like. In what ways is your dad superstitious? I mean, wears the same stuff to some of my games. Um, <laughs> has to get up and walk around in like the middle innings. Um, there's some other ones I can't remember. Maybe put on like the right shoe first or something like that. Because for me, it's like always the right sock first, not the left. Always the left shoe, but not the right, not the right shoe. Um, it's always untucked shirt during BP, and then tucked shirt obviously for the game. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> there's some other ones that I can't really mention, but you know, you can't mention. Oh, there's it's just me and you. There's no one listening <laughs> to this podcast, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. Baseball is either you're very superstitious or you're not. And I'm very so. Hold on a second. You put on the right sock first, and then the left sock. But mm. then you've got to go left, left shoe, shoe to right shoe. Wow. See, I'm I'm a simpleton. I don't even know if I would be able to figure that out. It's just it's honestly gotten to the point of doing it so much where it's just second it nature. Just goes. Really? Yeah. It's just like all right, throw the left sock on the ground. Right sock goes on first. Then you put the left shoe on. Then you put the right shoe on. So, so is this only in days you're pitching, or every day? This is every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is like coming to the field, like still getting dressed, doing the same thing. Also, this is not just putting on your spikes. This is putting on your yeah. street clothes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, speaking of Danny Graves, he had the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it was it was actually more extensive. I'm going to have to have him go over what he used to do. He used to be exactly superstitious like that. But he would have, I think we counted, there were 23 steps to putting on his uniform. And they yeah. all had to be in a row. Yeah, that I mean, some pitchers <laughs> and some position players have. Yeah. I've I've definitely seen something very close to that. Wow, he's superstitious. I'm not going to mess with that, folks. But we are talking about a smart dude. He has certainly upped the IQ of this podcast, and we are going to talk about that when we come back.
All right, the IQ is uh, the IQ level is definitely up on this podcast. When it's just me talking, it's very low. Then you talk and it just shoots through the moon because you went to UVA, University of Virginia, one of the best academic institutions in America, by the way. And you got a degree in three years, right? In biology? Yes. Wow. Now, what made you want to study biology? My two sisters before me were science majors. Um, just grew up really loving science, really loving outdoors kind of stuff. Growing up on a farm was always outdoors. So that kind of stuff came naturally to me, just knowledge wise. Yeah. And went to a, like a school in Virginia, high school in Virginia and took like AP classes and whatnot. And half of those credits transferred. So I was really a, a sophomore going in the junior year, my first year at UVA with like credits and yeah. whatnot. So it didn't. I first class on campus was like the hardest biology course like that the school offered. Wow! Did you ace it? I got like a I think I got like a B plus or A minus something like that. My most proud grade in college was a psychology course. It was the supposedly the hardest professor <laughs> there, and I got a B plus. It was the greatest grade it's of my best, entire best of your life. life. It wasn't even an A. Yeah. It was a B, and I was proud of it. Yeah, the the hardest class for me was genetics. Really, but I got an A plus in genetics. Yeah, I, I and think that was the hardest class, and you aced it. It was, I think. Uh, so UVA operates on like a one to five scale for yeah. difficulty, and like there's a website you can go and like look up, you know, the teacher's name, how hard he grades or she grades or whatever. Um, and uh, I had a had a teacher. It was a it was a he, and he. Uh, <laughs> He was like a 4.9 out of 5 difficulty. The class itself was a 5 because it's a, it's a year-long class, so you have like two semesters of the same materials. And I got like a A-minus and an A-plus, which rounded up to an A-plus at the wow. end. Wow. Now, this goes on, folks. Not only the degree in three years in biology, you got your master's degree already mm-hmm. in? Educational psychology. Now, I if you stay healthy, you're, you're, you're going to have some money. <laughs> In the bank account, but is this something that you want to after baseball that you want to pursue or the masters really was unplanned, honestly, really because um, you went back to yeah, school. So I was I was pretty dead set on getting drafted in twenty. Yeah, um, obviously didn't get drafted. So the next literally the next day after the draft, Coach O'Connor, the head coach at UVA, drove down and was like, "Hey, um, we're gonna you know we got your scholarship covered. You know we're we're gonna try to find some money for like." you know, extra tuition costs or whatever because the master's are a little more expensive than regular classes. And that's the only thing I could take. I couldn't go back and take, you know, underclass classes. Um, so he was like, yeah, we'll we'll get you in the last available master's program, which was <laughs> educational psychology. And I was like, okay, well, all right, let's go. So, you know, went back during the summer, started taking some classes, moved into the apartment that I was in and uh, – kind of just went going and I was done when I finished my senior year there I finished that as well goodness gracious by accident some people were like man this is going to take everything I have everything I've built up my entire life to get my master's degree and you did it by accident yeah that was I think that was a (laughs) that was a mom driven situation she was an educator during uh, she is an educator still but uh she was like you're not going to go back and do nothing and just play because you're going to sit around all yeah, the time take, and whatnot so you're gonna take some take more physical classes. education classes and health yeah, classes pretty much and stuff, yeah. yeah um but yeah i think it definitely worked out for sure wow uh before i move talk more about virginia your mom's an educator yeah what? she's been a special education teacher for oh, nice 
I want to say probably 20 plus years or, wow. or nearing yeah, 20. Yeah, it takes a special person to yeah. do that. That's... So I grew up going to like the the different kind of special education things that they would have set off, like the mm-hmm. Special Olympics and yeah. kind of stuff like that. So I got to see and got to be very, very grateful for where I am in my life. Yeah. Well, you could uh, affect a lot of lives as a Cincinnati Red, as a major league player yeah. in that regard too. Is that something that maybe you would That's like something to... that I've told Jim and the other staff that I would no doubt do. Yeah. Um, just let me get settled real quick. Let yeah. me find a place. And then after that, I'm ready to go. Yeah. What about Pops? What's, what's Pops do? Pops was a uh, was an ABC store manager for, oh boy, 40, 42, 43 years. Um, and then he, he's been retired for, I think, about five now. Maybe, f- yeah, about f- I'll say about five. Um, and he's a full-time gardener now. Full time chore doer, full time gardener, <laughs> full time chore doer. I love that. And then uh, f- uh, full time uh, grandpa too. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Because I know you w- met one of your sisters mm-hmm. who was expecting at the yeah. time, and, and she the- was at your debut. But another one wasn't because she was real close. She gave birth this past Sunday. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, or this past Friday. Sorry, and uh, J- uh, Paxton Benjamin. Paxton Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So your uncle. Yep, I am. Uncle Andrew. <laughs> Do they call you Andrew or Andy or what? Uh, I go by Andrew to most people. Um, Andy's like kind of a reserved name for only some select few people Ooh. that I know that can call I, me. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. Andrew. No, it, does, it doesn't bother me, but there's only a few people that I know that actually call me Who that. Who would call you that? Really close, like family, friends, Yeah. Um, people... Probably people that know stuff about me growing up that others don't. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, very nice. All right. Back to Virginia. You were um, a reliever for first th- three, years. three years. Now, was that because of they thought of you as a reliever, or was that just the, the testament to the starting pitching that Virginia had? You know, at the time when I came in, the starting pitchers were pretty much like dead set. Um, Daniel Lynch, who was a first rounder, pitches for the Royals, mm-hmm. was on there. Derek Casey, who's in the Cubs system, I think still, uh, probably double A AA or triple A, he was a starter. And then we had uh, another guy that was like kind of up and like back and forth between one or two guys. Um, but there was an older group kind of in front of you. And as a freshman, especially at a Power 5 D1, you kind of go into relieving role yeah. pretty much straight away. That's it's kind of like earn your stripes right. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's standard, but the three years. Is yeah, I did it. Story. So the first year was like that. And then the second year they said um, I was going to be like a long relief kind of maybe a closer type of role and whatnot. Um, I ended up being more of a long reliever for like three or four innings. Um, but they were like, we need arm, good arms in our pin that we can trust because we had such a young class yeah. that came in. And I was like, yeah, I'll do whatever, you know, to help the team get to the winning situation and stuff like that. And then the last year, me and uh, Stephen Schock um, were the like eighth and ninth guys. So we, you know, I think we played 18 games before COVID canceled that season, and me and him appeared in, like, 15 of them. So it's just, wow. like, you could count on us, I guess, to get you an out or two or an inning or whatnot, uh, more so than others. Um, without, <laughs> I mean, we had really good arms that year, but with more so just I'm available kind yeah. of thing. So After three years, what, you got drafted by, who was it, Yankees draft? No. That was in high school. High school, okay, high yeah. school. So you... You don't get drafted, but when you had your initial press conference, you said, "I'm just I wanted to make people regret not 
drafting me, right? Yeah. I mean, so this was a, a bone of contention with you that... Yeah, when that happened, you know, I had whole friends and family with me. Um, I had, like, a big draft party kind of thing because they were like, yeah, you're, like, I guess, like, one of the top relievers in the ACC. You know, you've been there three years. You've got accolades, you know, played for Team USA, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you're lefty. Yeah, and a lefty. So, <laughs> you know, they were pretty much saying, like, somebody's going to need you. Somebody yeah. somewhere is going to draft you. And, you know, that was the consensus. And, you know, as the day kind of went on, it was like, hmm. Like, I kind of knew it in the back of my head, just talking with, like, agent. He was like, it's five rounds. You don't know yeah. what, that, that's, we what's going to happen. I should have prefaced it by saying this. It was different. It was only five mm-hmm. rounds because of COVID. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so he was like, you should just keep your head on a swivel, you know. Yeah. Hopefully it all works out. Hopefully, you know, nothing bad happens. And, you know, it kind of just kept going and going and going. And I'm pulling pull dad and mom to the side. I'm like, hey, it's a real possibility that I don't go like get drafted to where I want to go or like money wise or anything like that. And, you know, they knew about it. So kind of like in the fifth round at the beginning, I kind of sent everybody home. I was like, I was like, Hey, just want to thank you guys for like coming out. But, uh, I don't, it doesn't look good for the draft this year. Um, you know, appreciate the support, but you know, it'd be better for you guys probably to go before like something, somebody blows up or emotions start, you know, yeah. swelling over or whatever else. And, before no. I start crying. Yeah. <laughs> Before I turn back into my crier stages. Uh, but, yeah, so we had that happen, and then I think it was literally like the day, or actually it was the stay, still the same day, but O'Connor from UVA coach called me and was like, I'm going to come down tomorrow. We'll have a face-to-face conversation about what you want to do, what my plan is for you, and you know what UVA can offer you to come back because Transport Portal was becoming a big thing. Yeah. So they wanted to, like, kind of hold on to me because they didn't expect to even get me back, right. first of all. So, you know, it was just a big whirlwind for a lot of people. Yeah. COVID messed up a lot of things. And that five-round draft was bleh. Yeah. I mean, it, it just messed the whole sequencing of, of what normally happens up. But it was a blessing in disguise in the end because you Absolutely. go back and become a starter, right? I Absolutely. mean, w- and when you look back. Yeah, they uh, – so when O'Connor came down, we had a conversation. He was like – he was like, you've given so much to us, like not complaining about relieving for the last three years. We're going to put you as like the Friday night guy without a doubt. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll get with the pitching coach. You know, we're going to get a throwing program going to build you up for the season. Um, we'll get a strength coach, you know, going back up. Uh, when I get back to UVA, we'll get your plan going for like lifting purposes and whatnot. And, you know, they were very transparent with me. And, you know, I've always been very, very appreciative of the coaches because they don't they, this is where I get my straight shooting mentality I kind of just tell it as it is and they told me it's like all right we're gonna give you this opportunity now you still have to go earn it but you know since being a senior being on the team already for three years it's kind of like you earn it already but you have to still earn it every yeah. single time so just buy in and go do the work well it worked out really well uh and the Reds draft you and then you still have that chip on your shoulder that uh I'm gonna make these guys uh regret not picking me right the year before yeah um I think that was pretty much the motto of my entire senior year really yeah um a lot of the guys a lot of my friends from UVA could could tell that I was mad about coming back like not that I hated the school or anything but you know I was Wanted to go. I felt like I was ready to go, and then it just didn't happen. But, you know, as you said earlier, blessing in disguise, you know, 
got to develop as a starter, could prove I go into games, deep into games and whatnot. So there's a, a lot of dividends that it did for me. Yeah. And you, uh, well, you got that master's degree. <laughs> Accidentally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is just, wasn't planned. <laughs> just crazy to me. Now you're, uh, you had talked about the Billy Wagner, the influence that he had on you. When yep. did he coach you? Uh, I think I was 14 or 15, maybe. Yeah, and uh, big league pitcher Billy Wagner, one of the greats. Um, so how much of an influence did he have on you? He, other than Jeff Stevens, was probably the biggest outside of my dad like role model for me i mean obviously he's a hall Hall of famer in my eyes you know lefty reliever from small town virginia you know he coaches a private high school in near charlottesville so actually during COVID, i got to train with him for a little bit you know just giving me kind of like what i should do you know weightlifting tips and whatnot and kind of stuff like that and you know, to this day, I can send him a text message and get a response. I could call him and, you know, talk to him about situations. I know the family very well. Um, it's just one of those things that baseball provides you. Just yeah. a very big world, but it's a very small community inside for baseball. Yeah, no, I always love these connections to find out uh, who influenced you. And then, you know, you bring up, uh, I don't think any a lot of people knew about it here. Like, you brought up Billy Wagner. and be like, oh, Billy Wagner, wow, he... Reds faced him a lot, so yeah. uh, he had he had high velocity though. Yeah, he uh, was he threw some smoke. He threw some smoke coming out of the pen. Now you said you emulate your mechanics though after Cliff Lee, correct? Do I have yeah. that right? Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels were the two that I emulated growing up. Now, when you say emulate mechanics, you watch them pitch and literally tried to duplicate. I try. I for about two or three years, I tried to do everything that those two guys did. You know, whether it was the the weird side-out leg kick for Cliff Lee, the over-the-top wind-up for Cole Hamels, um, the glove-in-front-of-you mechanics. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of like Andy Pettit-ish. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just that's what makes baseball players so good is just taking, like, little snippets of so many people yeah. and just forming your own craft kind yeah. of out of it. And over the years, you know, I did become my own person, and that's kind of the big step you need to take is just finding who you are and then just going with it from there. But those individuals that I listed are definitely people that if I had to break down film, I would want to say that I was pretty close yeah. to. A lot of people, you remind them of Tom Browning, mm-hmm. the late Tom Browning. God rest your soul. Um, because you, you get the ball and you fire it. He wasn't high velocity, but he was also pitching to contact a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got his punchies, but uh, was pitching to soft contact. So have you heard that name yet around here? I have heard it. Um, my dad has actually mentioned it to me since he grew up watching watching that era. Yeah. Um, don't know much about um, him, but, you know, it's everything that you do surrounding, like, a community can only really be, like, a, it's a really a compliment. Yeah. I mean... You know, wish wish he was around to just talk to him about it because it'd be a very oh, very I wish he was great. too because he used to be a coach in the system and yeah. uh, he's a guy that's been there, done that. He was a thinking man's pitcher all the way. Yeah, um, lefty uh, didn't have the high velocity. In fact, he would you know he'd top out at eighty eight to ninety one somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he was a pitcher, not a thrower. I, I would love to have had you met him, Mister Perfect Tom Browning. I, I meant to ask you about the number 41. So mm-hmm. you're superstitious. We, we got off on another tangent on that. So we're going to stick with 41 then? Are you For su- now, yeah. We're going to stick with 41. Um, 
every number that I've had in my career, except for Louisville, has been uh, somewhat involved by the number three. So 41 is four minus one equals three. Uh, 16, the six is, is dividable by three. Um, and then I wore one in high school, so it's always been a one. Um, and then I, my favorite number growing up was 33. So it's always been about one, three, or something that adds to those two. Wow. See, math was not a part of this podcast, Andrew, and now you're making me do simple <laughs> math. Because, I mean, I guess you could say 29 was because you can divide nine by three. Yeah. But uh, it's this. that was one of those numbers where I was like, ah, you know what? Whatever. We're just going to roll with it. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's got to be a three involved and four minus one. When you laid that on us, everyone just started laughing. Hey, four minus three. Four minus one is three. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fine. <laughs> I also loved in that initial press conference when we were talking about 41 and everyone, the media would just off the top of their head going through, oh, okay, that was, that was Tom Seaver's number. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's tough to live up to, but he's mostly known as a Met. And then they said, well, Lou Pinello wore 41. Yeah, but he was a manager with the Reds. And then they said, well, that was Joe Noxall's number. And the, yeah. room, the room went, oh, wow, okay, that one's tough to live up to. Yeah, <laughs> The old left-hander Joe Noxall was way before your time, but uh, he is huge here in Reds country. So living up to wearing that number you're already handling the pressure, but you look good in 41. Let me just tell you <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we are going to ask him a few questions off the baseball field, and we'll do it after this. We are back with Andrew Abbott, who wears number 41. No pressure whatsoever. Let's get to know you a little bit. What, uh, what do you do in your spare time? Oh, man. Um, big gamer. Really? Like the game. Doesn't, are, are doesn't we PS5? Or PS4. PS4. I'm the original, yeah. You're the original. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on now. Haven't upgraded. Now, hold on. The original, <laughs> I, you got to go back in the day of, uh, I had the original PlayStation. That's, that's I, the original. Growing up, I have went from, I had the original Xbox when it first came out. I had really? the, the original PlayStation as well. Nice. I've had the PS2, the PS3, and the PS4. Why four and not five? You know, just, I don't think I need to buy it. My PS4 is doing just fine. I've had it for yeah. seven, eight years, however long it's been, and haven't had any complaints with it yet. So, what games? Uh, Call of Duty was a big one growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of sports games. I'll play like NHL, FIFA, baseball, even too. Um, MLB the Show, and then kind of with my buddies back home, we'll like mess around on like PGA or um, I think there's a the game called Rust which is like a free world, like basically looks like Minecraft, but it's like better graphics. We play that sometimes. Um, just a whole lot. I play pretty much anything I get my hands on. Very nice. What, uh, like you have a, are you a healthy eater? Are you not? Yeah, health- somewhat. Somewhat? Because a lot <laughs> I of have pitchers moments. aren't. Yeah, I have, I have moments of very healthy <laughs> spurts, and then I have very non-healthy spurts. <laughs> well, I'd like to get, I need more of the healthy spurts. If you can have some of that. Rub off on me. That w- that would be perfect if you, you could work that out. I don't know. Uh, this is a segment that we do once in a while. That's called "What's in Your Phone." Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your uh, What's your screen lock? Uh, it's me as a red. Really? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good picture right there. Yeah, it's a uh, debut day. 
debut day on the follow through. Solid. What's the last song you listened to? Uh, I think it was Love Ain't by Eli Brown Band, I think. So are you, what's the genre you most listen to? Country uh, is the most, and then probably like EDM rock would be second. EDM rock, what is EDM rock? Like our pregame, kind of like beat music, Yeah. rarely any language, but just like beat, instrumental kind of stuff. And then rock is a big like Queen, Eagles uh 80s kind of rock hold up really yeah my dad got me into that as well queen and the eagles now you're you're in my wheelhouse now that's beautiful love love me some queen do you yeah i i still listen to queen all the time you got a favorite queen song bohemian rhapsody is really good yeah um radio gaga is another one that kind of stinks out because it's very catchy um and then you know Another one bites the dust is a classic. There's, I mean, I could mention everyone. In yeah, there. I love, I love watching the old Queen concert videos. Yeah, I uh, watch the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Actually, is like a very yeah. I recommend it to people if you're like an '80s rock or right, you know, something along those lines. That's something that you should watch. Yeah. Live Aid. Yeah, that concert in, Af- in Africa. Yeah, uh, that was unbelievable. Maybe. It's one. It's top five best performance live performances of all time. Any genre, unbelievable. What's your ringtone, or do you even have one? Do you have it on silent mostly? Or um, yeah, mostly silent. Um, the girlfriend has a like duck tone, so I know when her messages are different. Uh, but other than that, hold on a duck tone. It's like one of the default okay. things. She went in there and picked it out. Oh, she picked it out. Yeah. Okay, so you know you, that's the important one. That trumps all the other ones. Pretty much. If I See, hear you are, I knew you were a smart man, and you are a smart man about everything. So I, I, I like to want... cover all my bases if I can. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. How many alarms do you have? I normally set two or three. Nice. Do you have favorite apps? Um, I mean, iMessages, just because I can communicate with literally anyone. Yeah. Um, probably apps, Instagram, and Twitter. He's on the gram. Probably. Careful on that Twitter thing. <laughs> Don't post nothing. <laughs> Are you on silent or vibrate most of the time? Uh, vibrate. Vibrate? No silent action? Um, only silent in, like, important meetings or if I'm hanging out with people. What? Are you talk or text? Like, you, you normally just text someone, or will you slip a call and be a, besides the girlfriend and the parents? Um, I'll say if I need a quick answer, yeah. I'll call them. But if it can wait, or if it's just like something to like send somebody, I'll just text them. iPhone, I'm assuming. Yeah, iPhone 10, I think is what that is. I was just gonna say, if you have the PS4, then the newest version of the phone isn't as important. I think important, it's like right? a. 10x or whatever. Yeah, I was on an eight plus for a long, long time. My last one was a six. Yeah, and then they they came out with a new camera. Mm-hmm. So I okay, because after a while, I used to get every version, and after a while, I was like, you know, the upgrade is really not that big of a deal. It's it's not a whole lot until they got the new cameras. Yeah, then I got that. So I'm going to be stuck with this one for a while because I can't imagine they're going to do anything that's going to blow me away by that. So. Do you have uh, a lot of unread emails or texts? <laughs> um, not a lot of unread text. Emails, mm, probably a thousand or so, but they're... You they're, have a thousand emails unread? Yeah, but they're probably just like, I subscribe to something that yeah. I haven't read in a while, so I yeah. just ignore them. 
See, I don't know why it drives me nuts to have unread emails. And I'll unsubscribe. Just I'll, I'll sign yeah. up for something or I'll buy something. I'll forget most forget of the time. Forget to check the thing of, mm-hmm. is it okay if I send you promotion? I, if you forget to check that, you're done. You're yeah. going to get inundated. So I'll unsubscribe because it, it drives me nuts. Like Because I, I get so many work emails. If I yeah. miss one, I'm in trouble normally. Which, so, Do you have them? Who's the most well-known person in your contacts? Oh, God. from a small town so there's not a lot of people from that town that are well known um billy wagner would be billy wagner could qualify um there's a pitcher that used to be with the brewers jeremy jeffries who went to the same high school Mm -hmm. as mine um so that's probably another one that could qualify i don't have anybody like out of pocket that you would ever expect oh you will you will (laughs) maybe we'll get to that point if you stay healthy you certainly will uh, last phone call you made? I think it was, uh, I want to <laughs> say it was my girlfriend, but it could have been my parents. Yeah, it was a FaceTime with my girlfriend before coming here. Oh, so you're a FaceTimer. That was another question. So you, you FaceTime girlfriend a Girlfriend loves FaceTiming when she's not here. Yeah. Especially. She's got to see the stash. Show me the stash. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> that was another edition of What's in Your Phone? He's looking at me like I'm crazy, man. <laughs> Not used to that one for sure. I asked you one question. I don't think you got back to me yet. But what's something unusual people don't know about you? So I had a a few a few uh, thoughts of mine. Yes. Um. One of them being I don't eat any dessert. So no cake, no cupcakes, no what? like brownies. Rarely any cookies. Why? I gave it up for Lent. Um, Really? Six or, by this time, it's probably like eight or nine years ago and just never got back. Like for the longest time, my mom and them would get birthday cakes and stuff for your birthday. And I'd look at her and be like, you know, I don't eat cake. She's like, yeah, I'm going to eat it. I was like, okay, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch it. (laughs) Um, So that was one. And then the second one was I'm a movie connoisseur. I love watching movies, like recommendations from people I'll go watch. Really? Um, Big... Like, I'll say that the older movies I haven't really got around to seeing, but the ones kind of like 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, I've pretty much seen. Really? Now you a go to the theater guy? Yeah, or? I'll go to the theater for like premieres. Um, did that all the time growing up. Um, and then, you know, I'll rewatch movies all the time on like Amazon or the Netflix, yeah. HBO, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I will love sitting down and watching movies. There's a few. To name, uh, like, big Lord of the Rings fan. Love Peter Jackson. Uh, anything to do with Tolkien. Like really? The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Those are fantastic movies. Favorite movie of all time, though, is Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic movie. I've seen it probably 80 times. 80 times? Yeah. It's, it's just one of those movies that you can sit down and watch no matter yeah. how many times you've seen, for me, at least. And then probably Dark Knight is up there as well. I'm a big Batman guy. Yeah, the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger and yeah. Christian Bale. It's hard to hard to top that. I even like Batman Begins. I, the I, first I, one. Yeah, yeah. The, that was a fascinating one to me. They had to get going somehow. Had to get going somehow. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't like the third one in that series a whole lot. I, I think they kind of. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I'm gonna say cheapened out, but it just. It like it was shot in Pittsburgh. Yep. And I've been to Pittsburgh so many times. I'm like, this is not Gotham City. It's Pittsburgh. And yeah. I can see the bridges there, the yellow yeah. bridges. It's so, uh I mean, 
I think it's all just, you know, I think they did it justice, you know, just yeah. because it was always going to be a trilogy right. from the get-go. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have done a little bit better possibly, but it did, it did okay. Yeah. I, the Dark Knight is a great, great movie. Yeah. What do you got? Any others? You have comedy? Watch comedy uh, movies at all? Or I love the Medea movies. Really? Yeah. I love me Tyler Perry Medea movies. Those are. I I don't know what it is about it. I guess it's just I have like really dumb, stupid humor. I guess, and it's just like little sayings. I can't imagine you have dumb anything. <laughs> I have stupid <laughs> humor for sure, though. It's just like little sayings that like maybe you don't hear right or. You know, he says it funny on purpose that kind of just get me to, to yeah. laugh. And that's the entire movie. Anything to do with Adam Sandler, I'm in. Jim Carrey, I'm in. Um, trying to think of any other ones. Transformers, yeah. like great movie series. Um, right. There was just a lot. Like I spent a lot of them going with like with, I had two uh, like brothers of mine here for the debut. And those mm -hmm. are the guys that I would text when I first got my license and be like, all right. We're going to see this movie. Hop in the car. So we literally go to the movie theater, watch it. Next yeah. day, all right, we're going to watch this one. Going back. <laughs> are there any movies that are coming out on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Um, are, do you keep up like that? Do you? Are you? I have. The... So I'd keep up sometimes. Yeah. Really, they're only somewhat intriguing. I'm more. As I've gotten older, I've kind of gotten away from going to the movie theater. I kind of just watch it whenever it comes out on the apps, just based yeah. off time and whatever yeah. else. But. Uh, yeah, I would I would go back. I saw John Wick four in theaters. Fantastic movie. Um, I I kind of got into the more horror track actually. Really? Yeah, me and my buddy Nick at home would always every single time we'd hang out, it'd be a horror movie on. From like <laughs> I think we started with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first one I ever saw. Wow, nineteen eight. I think it was nineteen eighty yeah. something when yeah. that came out, and then we've kind of worked all the way up. We watched It by Stephen King, the original three-and-a-half-hour one. Um, I will say I'm looking forward to Oppenheimer yeah, coming out. Right. Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Um, uh, was it Cillian Murphy, I think is how you say it? Yeah. Uh, he's a great, great actor. I love Peaky Blinders. Oh. So, you know, I'm already got he already got me going on that one. So if he's anywhere near as good. Peaky freaking <laughs> blinders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great series, The Peaky Blinders. Yeah, there's a there's a lot I could go on for for days about TV shows as well. I watch a lot of those too. Really? Yeah. Well, very nice. It's been great getting to know you. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll come back and get to know you more. I want to pick your brain on who maybe maybe your favorite actor. Oh, that'd be tough. <laughs> Is that a tough one? That's a tough one. All right, I'll let you ponder that one. Sounds good. Over the time, and uh, we'll get back into that. But Andrew Abbott, the left-hander. He's a left-hander, as one announcer would say. You've been fun to watch, man, and uh, fun to get to know, and I look forward to many, many years. I wish you nothing but success, and I thank your mustache for stopping by as well. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Andrew Abbott here on the Gym Day Podcast. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>